Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whatever time it is that you happen to be tuning in and welcome to the Digitally Uploaded Podcast, the companion podcast to digitallydownloaded.net. I am Matt. I am not Alan. Unfortunately, we do not have the sweet tones of Alan's voice on the podcast this week. You're going to have to put up with me hosting, unfortunately, for all of you. But I am here. I am definitely here and present and ready to podcast. We do have two people with us this week. We have our regulars, Trent. Hello, Trent. Hello. I think Alan would be proud that uh, you didn't take three takes to uh, do the intro. So good job. Yeah, I only took two. I was very proud of myself. And Harvard. Hello, Harvard. Good morning. Good morning. I mean, for all everyone knows who's listening, we do this the first time every time. We're perfect. Yeah, that that's true. We should let people believe no, that. <laughs> Yeah, we're that good. Uh, what have you been playing this past week, Harvard? I should say, actually, quickly before we get going, uh, we are recording this way in advance because of scheduling issues. So for all we know, by the time you tune into this podcast, Activision Blizzard has fallen over and declared bankruptcy. If that has happened, we're not going to be talking about on it on this podcast, but you can assume that we are celebrating very much so. Um, but you know our yes. opinions by now. <laughs> yes, for we are recording this in very early uh, July, so whatever has happened post-July, we are not aware of just yet because we are not time travellers as much as we would like to be. Um, so with that in mind, Harvard, what have you been playing this week? Uh, not much time has passed since the last time you asked me this, so not much has been played, but I am slowly powering through Earthbound, which has been fun but it's also not a very, not a very easy game to get through in 2023 is that the nes one no the the snes one the one that everyone likes oh, oh the, the the one that everyone likes that you can also play legally <laughs> yes yes um i must admit this is a big blank spot for me i've not played much of any of that series the two games in it um i think i messed how, around how with the nes one for the... a bit but not the really the yes. internet generation where it was like everyone had to play. Earthbound was one of the three games everyone had to play. Earthbound, Star Tropics, and Ice Climbers. If you were a Nintendo fan, that was the only games mentioned in like all the weird niche little holes for like form communities. It was like if you're not a fan of these games, you're not a Nintendo fan. Oh, but like asking for Earthbound to be released was like the biggest meme of the last 30 years. And now that Nintendo has done it. People are like, yeah, it's fine. It's okay. It doesn't have the same kind of status that it used to because it used to be impossible to find, and now it's just you can get it on everything. Yeah, the one I have played to Mother Free, so it's like release Mother Free on on the, uh, the Switch Game Boy. Yeah, console. that's true. Release I um I I, I I like I said, I've never really played much of those games, but what I have done is played the games that were inspired by it. Uh, Moon, for example, Moon is very mm. good, very very good it's... game. So. It's definitely much better if you think of it as a parody of JRPGs. If you play it as a JRPG, you're not going to have the best time. I guess the moon is very similar in that regard. Well, yeah, I mean, that's the point. If you're not going to play it in the spirit it was designed, then then you're definitely playing it wrong anyway. So mm. um, I'm pretty sure I will enjoy Earthbound for what it is when I do finally get around to sitting down and, and playing it. I've got it on like 70 different devices, thanks to um, <laughs> the high seas. But um, yeah, I, I just haven't got around to it yet. Anyway, Trent, what have you been playing? What have I been playing? I've been playing Still Zelda. Still Zelda. I, I, I haven't really been playing much of it either, but uh, it's it's progressing slowly. I, I finally uh, 
did all the champions, so I'm finally at the stage where the game starts to collapse on itself uh, as per the Breath of the Wild formula, and you have to start, you know, working towards beating the evil uh, to progress a bit to get the Master Sword, you know, that sort of plot line which, you know, I got in trouble for, on the internet for saying that uh, it's basically the same as Breath of the Wild, a very formula, formula but uh, yeah... I've got the Master Sword at least, but uh, to get it, I kind of broke the game. So I did all the pitches first, and then I then I got to where you needed to get the Master Sword. And then uh, I kind of broke the despawn because I realized I didn't have enough stamina, and then I had to fight it a different way. So <laughs> that was fun. That's, that's been my experience with, the, with, with um, Tears of the Kingdom the entire time, is like feeling like I've done it the wrong way. Just thinking, oh, I surely this was not Nintendo's intended way of me of doing this, but the game's rules and systems allowed me to anyway. I'm pretty sure yeah. Nintendo's intended way of you getting through that game was just however you want to. Um, I'm pretty sure that's how they designed it. Like they they really took what people enjoyed about Breath of the Wild and ran with it. Uh, it's one of those games. You feel like a stumbling fool every time you succeed. Just like, oh, how did I even do that? Yeah, and then you're meant to feel very creative and stuff when you find interesting ways of breaking things and record your little video clips and share them online and you know, keep the game, keep the conversation around the game going. I'm, I'm pretty sure that's what the intended idea of that game was. It was basically, like I think I've said on this podcast or at least in other plays, uh, I've seen people describe it as this is the game that Nintendo wish they, uh, well, Nintendo wish they invented Minecraft and this is kind of their their answer to it um, which <laughs> i think is pretty fair you know that's, that's such that, a good take yeah i, I pr that that's my favorite take on the game i think i think that is a pretty fair statement that like this is nintendo's way of saying hey minecraft is really cool we wish we did it here's our here's how we would have done it and uh yeah that's it so very good game very good game indeed um as for me i am still playing through fire at this point in time i'm still playing through fire emblem on the switch now that it is there on the gba app which makes me very happy indeed it's not like the, it's like the 50th time i've played through that game of course so it's not yeah i was gonna say a new game by any means <laughs> it's it was a game i kind of tested every emulation console on when i got them so i played it through on virtually everything and now i'm playing it through again but now i feel good because i'm playing it through in a legit way it's nice that nintendo actually made it available for people who who want to play it the proper way um it looks great on the switch i love the gba app on the switch because it has that pixel effect and it looks really nice um yeah the art for the old fire emblems really holds up it's great it's great for for 320 by 160 or whatever the the resolution of it is um they really do create some really lovely artworks and that's why i would like to see them do a remake of that game but not not a 3D remake, I guess, as such, you know, HD sprites or whatever with full 4K resolution recreations of the artworks for the key art scenes because the game works like a visual novel for a lot of it where the cutscenes have those kind of really nice uh, artworks. I would really like to see those redone in a modern kind of um, resolution because they would be great. It really is a great game. It's one of my very favorites of all time. So, yeah. If you got your online Shame switch the Advanced thing, Wars remake kind of went set to die. Like that's probably would have been perfect to do something with Fire Emblem in a similar sort of way as the Advanced Wars remakes. But uh, 
that game basically went went out straight to die because of uh, Nintendo held it back for like situations at the time, and yeah, it just didn't get it the marketing push it needed when it did actually come out, and no one's probably mentioned it except for. Not even diehard fans of Advance Wars will probably mention it. Like it's well, that's because diehard fans of <laughs> that's because diehard fans of Advance Wars prefer the original art style. The yeah, the remake, think... which is a pity because it was done by WayForward, and WayForward are very talented artists and uh, very talented visual studio, but they absolutely screwed up Advance Wars something severe. It does not look good. I do not like that art style at all. So I'm glad they didn't do <laughs> Fire Emblem afterwards. That would have disappointed me massively. Imagine like Fire Emblem, but in the, the Saturday morning cartoon style. No, don't do that to me, Harvard. I'm imagining <laughs> Fire Emblem done well. Like, um... Yes, Cuphead. Fire Emblem Cuphead. Yes, let's get it happening. No. This is my serious trend. You're not allowed to ruin it on me. They're doing it right. <laughs> Okay, so we are into August now. We're into the latter half of the year, and there are games coming out. That is no surprise. There are games coming out every goddamn day, which just makes our backlogs longer, and we've got too much stuff to play. But let's have a look at what we're going to be playing through August, shall we? Let us start with let us start with the PlayStation, shall we? On August 2, we have Atomic Heart Annihilation Instinct coming out. That is the first game of August, and it is a DLC to Atomic Heart, which was a very bad game. But if you enjoyed it, then good <laughs> on you. There you go. You've got some more of it to look forward to. There we go. Um, on August 3, we've got Stray Gods, the role-playing musical, which I don't know much about. I must admit I haven't heard about it, but 
the idea of a role-playing musical certainly has piqued my interest. Um, I'm going to play this, I'm pretty sure. I don't you know, know. That used to be Cause, the chorus game, like that indie game from like Australia, wherever it is. That's what, what? that is. Yeah. Oh, really? Th th this is the really hyped one. It just has a really shit name now because it like changed its name. Okay. Yeah. Well, I'm like, interested. Everyone is, everyone is hyped for this game. This is like top AAA indie level hype for this one for everyone no. across the board. Yeah. I'll take your word for it. Like I said, did not know anything about it, but definitely keen. <laughs> definitely keen uh just the concept a role-playing musical ticks all the boxes for me so i will play it on august 4 we have slash spelt badly it's uh s clash s c l a s hash a h slash it is a plug and play 2d samurai fighting game full of tension where one hit is enough to kill so it's one of those kind of quirky fighting games i guess where you kind of square off against somebody and then Whoever gets the first hit wins the round. And it's a lot of them flying around. Yeah, there are quite a few of them in recent years. So who knows? Could be good. Samurai theme works for it, I guess. They were generally one-hit kill kind of battles. On August 8, we have Gord. This is a single-player adventure strategy game. You must survive in a dark fantasy world where you must develop your settlement, but to prevail, you... I'm trying to expand the little description here. It's not letting me. Um, you must develop your settlement, but to prevail, you must conquer the darkness lurking behind the gates. That is certainly a game we've never heard of before. That is entirely original, and <laughs> we haven't played it 70,000 times already. But let's not count Gord out. It may well be good, I guess. You can play it on August 8th. On August 8th as well, you've got Tower of Fantasy, which does sound more like my kind of thing. Uh, in Tower of Fantasy, dwindling resources and a lack of energy have forced mankind to leave Earth and migrate to Aida, a lush and habitable alien world. There, they observed the comet Mara and discovered an un unknown but powerful energy called Omnium contained in it. So they built the Omnium Tower to capture Mara, but due to the influence of Omnian radiation, a catastrophic disaster occurred on their new home world. Again, something we haven't played a million times before, I'm sure. <laughs> but, yeah. I, oh, I hate is... how cynical I am, but I hear it and I immediately go, that sounds like this game and this game and this yeah. game. This one's an MMO, so maybe I won't play it. But um, if you're into your MMOs, then there you go, Tower of Fantasy is coming out. On August 10, we've got Atlas Fallen, which is... A triple A game, isn't it? That's by somebody. Somebody significant. <laughs> somebody significant has developed this game, and and I do know about it. I can't remember who, but deck it's going. 13. It's going to be one of deck those. Thirteen. Deck thirteen. Yeah. There you go. Well, in that case, I'm a little bit more interested actually, because deck hey, thirteen are fairly talented little developers. They're um. Eurojank developers, aren't they? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh. So that kind of won't be AAA after all. It'll be one of those B tier RPGs that is actually quite creative and interesting and plays like crap, but that's okay. That's what I was I'm going to say. The title reminds me of Babylon's Fall, which is a very different game. Yeah, that game was not good. On August 15, you've got Moving Out 2, which was a fun, it should be a sequel to a pretty fun little um, multiplayer co-op puzzle game that came out a couple of years ago 
was a couple of years ago now, wasn't it? Yeah, so, yeah they're Australian too. SMG yeah, Studios. yeah. So that was fun. The original moving out. I'm sure the next one will be fun too. Lighthearted, easygoing kind of thing you play on the couch with a mate over a weekend and some beers and yeah, all that good stuff. On August 18, we've got the Texas Chainsaw Massacre coming out, which is an ace. God, here we another one of them, an asymmetrical horror experience based on the groundbreaking and iconic 1974 horror film. So Friday the 13th, but now Texas Chainsaw Massacre, because nobody can have an original idea in this industry. They sold those. In theory, I could enjoy a Texas Chainsaw Massacre game because I do enjoy the horror series, the property and, and all that stuff, but I'm not going to play it if it's just Friday the 13th, but with a different skin. That's just pointless. On August 18, we've got Madden NFL 24. If you like your Maddens, then there you go. This year's one comes out. Who knows if it's going to be good? I don't know what... Because EA is always in that kind of thing where they release two years in a row and they're not really worthwhile, and then the third year is actually pretty decent and moves the property forward. I don't know where they're at with the cycle at the moment, but if this year is the year that Madden NFL will get better, then that is uh, August 18 that you can look forward to that. On August 22, we've got Immortals of Avenum, which is a groundbreaking new single-player first-person magic shooter. So, oh, it's an EA game, published game. Made by the creators of Call of Duty and Dead Space, Immortals of Avenum is set in an original fantasy universe engulfing magic, rife with conflict, and on the verge of oblivion. Oh, so, weird. I don't know, so the, modern the heretic? Of, they're doing a fantasy skin of a shooter. Yeah, like heretic, right? Or nice Call of Duty. <laughs> in theory, I would enjoy that. I quite enjoyed the fantasy shooters of yesteryear. I really enjoyed Hexen in particular. Hickson's one of my favorite yeah. shooters. So if this game can channel that, then why not? They haven't explored that territory in a very long time. No, they haven't really... moving away from like the, the ultra-realistic military whatevers, you know? Yeah, I mean, that's that's a big part of my problem with shooters is the military uh, setting and the use of actual kind of military terms and conflicts. And uh, even when they were made up of conflict, it's still uh, kind of realistic in that sense. So... I don't have a problem with the kind of the gameplay of shooters and the fantasy setting does remove it from that military setting. So I would in theory be interested in checking this one out actually. On August 22, if you like your kart racing and Mario Kart isn't enough for you, then Smurfs Kart is coming out. <laughs> I don't know. Sometimes these things can be fun. I enjoyed Chocobo racing. The Garfield Kart was actually decent, the last one. Was actually a decent yeah. time. It was decent. I'm like not saying great, but developers decent. are getting a good handle of how to make a good card game. It's not like in the in the nineties and two thousands where Mario Kart was the only good one. But Smurfs Kart. That's very funny. There's something special about really bad uh kart racing games though. So like if this is a bad kart racing game, that could be good. If it's bad, it can be good. <laughs> No, you know, like a really. <laughs> know what you mean, Trent? Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> if if it's fun, you know, it can it can be fun if it's not actually that great. I know what you mean. Um, moving on, August twenty four, we got Ride Five. If you like your ultra realistic bike racing games, I can't stand these things because I always fall off the goddamn bike and never can never race anywhere. But if you can, then there you go. Ride Five comes out. 
on August 25, probably the biggest game, I guess, uh, of the month comes out. Armored Core 6, Fires of Rubicon. Rubicon. Now, oh, really? Yeah. So I'm looking forward to this, you see. Uh, for people who aren't aware of the history, Armored Core was uh, from software property before From Software became huge, before Dark Souls, before Demon Souls. They had Armored Core, and it was super niche. It was a game that a small number of people played and enjoyed, but those people that did play and enjoyed it absolutely loved the series. So I'm really interested to see what From Software Post Souls does with it, because it could be, I mean, I don't know what kind of knowledge they'll bring to the development process and the kind of the idea of how to make games, how much different this one will be from what people remember of Armored Core and whether people yeah. will be on board with it. In in theory, it should be very, very good. Like I'm imagining if From Software brings the quality that they did with, say, Elden Ring to Armored Core, then we're in for a very good time. It's been like 20 years since an Armored Core game. It's been though, a very it? long time, yeah. Like I said, before yeah. Demon's Souls, it was probably their major property before the Souls thing became their thing. So it has been a long time between drinks for Armored Core fans. On August 29, we've got Sea of Stars, which is a turn-based RPG inspired by the classics. So, yep, one of those retro-themed uh, JRPGs. Yeah. You, might, you might say it's an ocean of stars, a uh, star ocean, maybe. <laughs> well, I wonder what was inspired, wonder what's inspired them. <laughs> but anyway, you're going to get uh, turn-based combat, storytelling, exploration, and interactions with the environment. Of course, these things are so hit and miss. It could be terrible, it could be great. But if they're great, they tend to be very good. On August 29, we've got Agatha Christie, the newest one, the Hercule, Hercule Poirot, the London case coming out. Now, these are okay. They're a decent enough time if you like your point-and-click puzzle games. Uh, moving on. On August 29, we've got Rhapsody, Marl Kingdom Chronicles coming out. Now, Rhapsody is a beloved property that had, like, one released in it. Was there one, two? Is this the musical adventure series? Yes, it's actually a new one. Really? Yeah. This is really the, the month of reviving an old franchise, isn't it? Yeah. So the original Rhapsody was what, PlayStation 2, wasn't it? Or 1? One? One? I don't know. Uh, around that era. It was a long time ago. So yeah, this one will be one that people will watch, I imagine, pretty closely. On August 30, if you like your horror, you've got Daymare 1994 Sandcastle, which is a stupid name for a horror game. But there you go. Uh, Daymare has been... There's a couple of them now, isn't there? So this is the next one in that series. And that's pretty much it for PlayStation. Lots of games. I will just quickly mention, given that it is just early in September, but uh, if you are saving your pennies and you're only going to buy one game, you may also want to save for Baldur's Gate 3. That comes out on September 3 on the PlayStation 5. That one is 150-hour-odd RPG, so if you just care about the contents, uh, that's finally leaving early access on PC, and it's getting a full release on PlayStation as well. So if you are saving your money, if you're only going to buy one game and you do like your Western RPGs, you may want to hold out for September 3. Moving over to this... like Baldur's Gate 1 and 2? In theory. I've got opinions about that. I'm sure we'll be talking about it at some point. Mm. Um, yeah, I have opinions. But yes, in theory, it is exactly like Baldur's Gate 1 and 2, just by a different development studio. And um, yeah, 
So over on the Switch, on August 1, we've got Akiba's Trip, Undead and Undressed, a director's cut coming out. We did talk about that on the last podcast, but because it is out on August 1, the first day of the month. But there we go. That's uh, kicking the month off with a JRPG, a very quirky and interesting one at that. On August, let's keep scrolling with the switch. There's a lot of stuff coming out. On August 3, Stray Dogs, the role play musical, also comes out on Switch. So you can play it on the go if you want. We've got WrestleQuest coming out on August 8, which is pro wrestling and RPG fantasy collide in an ultimate pixel powered adventure. That could be fun. Wrestling plus RPG. It could be fun. Who knows? On August 10, we've got Extreme Sports coming out, spelt with an X, but not, unfortunately, Dead or Alive Extreme. This one's like base jumping <laughs> and rock climbing and stuff, I think. No, it's, um, yeah, bungee jumping and sky surfing and all those kinds of sports, which I would not imagine would translate well to video games. But then again, I am playing through Tour de France, and I would not have said Tour de France would work as a video game either and yet it does uh moving out to also comes out on switch which is great on august 15 on i'm still scrolling there's just a lot of stuff coming out but nothing particularly noteworthy on switch at the moment for august norn 9 last era comes out on august 24 which is a sequel to a particularly good visual novel that has been kicking around since the playstation vita maybe even PSP, uh, it is an Otome, uh, and it is one of probably probably one of the highest regarded Otomes. So that is getting a sequel for people that enjoy the characters and want more of it. I look forward to that. Agatha Christie is also coming on Switch on August 29, and then we've got um, Samba the Amigo Party Central yeah. coming out on August 29. <laughs> that go. could be fun. I'm actually looking forward to that. You get 40 hit songs from around the world's most popular music and you get to shake your maracas, which will be, yeah, that's not a euphemism. That, that's what you actually do. You shake maracas. Yeah, you, you use your Joy-Cons as maracas and you, you shake as the rhythm game. Come on. Yeah, get, that's good. Remember when rhythm games used to have a peripheral all the time? Those Sam of the Amigo, those Donkey Kong Jungle Beat, those like, you'd get a new instrument per game and it'd always be just bizarre. Yeah. Um, so keen. Yeah, that'll be good fun. Uh, Rhapsody also comes out on Switch on August 29, which is good because that does seem like a game I would, would rather play on the go. And on August 31, we've got Taito Milestones 2, which is 10 classic uh, Taito arcade games from yesteryear, not Space Invaders. They did do other things. This one has um, the New Zealand story in it, I think. So that's a pretty classic uh, old arcade platformer. You can enjoy that you on August thirty-one. New Zealand story. New Zealand story. Yeah. You've what? never played it. No. You what should play it. it. It's great. It's great. It's it's an arcade. How do you not know this game? It's an arcade classic. It. It's great. It's it's like it's like Toki Tori, but like an RPG. A kiwi. What's it's not an RPG? It's a platformer. I'll say it's a difference. It's a platform. Okay. Okay. It's a classic arcade play. How do you not know this game, Harvard? Never heard of it. Right, I, I don't you, know you much are playing, about some. You are playing Tarantula Masters soon. Arcade games. Well, I'm going to have to educate you. Even had a DS game, which was like a remake. I remember playing that. 
through I, that I, means, and that was a fun game. <laughs> I can't believe the New Zealand know. story. Yes, New Zealand story. New Zealand story. Yes. <laughs> okay. Definitely check it out, Harvard. It's great. I loved it as a kid. Um, so I should also mention that that is kind of the end of the, the the August releases of Switch. But because we are recording this thing so early, there is probably a bunch of games that we just don't know about yet. Um, in the course of the month with the Switch, stuff gets announced all the time. We don't have a Nintendo game for August, but I'm sure Nintendo has something that they will announce soon enough that will come out in August. So... Yes, plenty to look forward to, I am sure. So, uh, Harvard, what's your pick of... Uh, you've already picked Titan Milestones. I picked it for you. <laughs> I will probably play Titan Milestones. I yes. love the little arcade collections on the Switch. It's, I have so many of them, and they're all so good. Yeah, I mean, the, the arcade classics thing on the Switch has been a great initiative by uh, Hamster, because they release a new one basically every week, and you don't buy them all, obviously, but... You, you do end up with a, a good pile of them just by picking them up when they are interesting. They do seem interesting to you. And I've played a bunch of arcade games that I didn't know about, thanks to Yeah, they, they really initiative. hold up too. Yeah, a lot of them do. And if anything, they're better now that you can insert a coin whatever you want compared to, I'm imagining, in the arcades where you have to like save up your money to try and beat a game. Yeah, and uh, you, because you can get the arcade sticks for the Switch, you can play them in a very kind of authentic way, which is great. I, I just, I, I like arcade games. I do enjoy them a lot. And the, the, preserving the kind of more obscure ones, which is what Hamster has done, has been a good thing. A very good thing. So, Trent, what's your pick of the month? What will you be playing? I'm going to probably be playing Stray Gods, but I don't remember what I backed it on. So it's probably going to be on PC, and I don't really have a PC. So I'm probably going to be like playing... I, I did pick up a uh, Final Fantasy, uh, so I, I haven't started playing that yet. So I'll probably start playing that by the time August comes around. So what Final Fantasy sixteen? Yes. Nice. And I've also still got Story of Seasons to play. I've got both those games, just haven't played them yet. Wonderful. And then life. also Pikmin Pikmin comes out in July, so I've also got that to play. So that is true. Pikmin comes out um, between the time we record this and August. And um, which means I can talk about it, which is great uh, without breaking embargo because nobody's going to know until uh, I've been playing Pikmin 4. It's great. It's excellent. It's a lot of fun. You'll enjoy it, Trent. Yes. Great. <laughs> um, for me, what am I going to pick? Uh, I will probably go with Armored Core. Yeah. Armored Core. I am intrigued by the premise of it. I am of one of the, the older games. Yeah, I'm one of the fans of the older games. Not all of them. I did play the Armored Core Five, which was the the obviously the last one that they released, which was a PlayStation Two game, and I enjoyed it a lot. It's I'm really really keen to see what the new and much more experienced and much higher profile from software can do with Armored Core because it always had a lot of potential but it was held back by the fact that the developer just didn't have any money to work with um, to, to make these kinds of uh, big visions. I mean, if you remember a lot of people listening to this podcast and probably both of you don't, but um, Kingsfield was kind of their RPG property before Dark Souls. And the difference between Kingsfield and Dark Souls is pretty massive. So 
if they can do that again with Armored Core, then they could be in for just something that blows people's minds. So, yeah, that's my pick. I just want Lost Kingdoms. Reboot that franchise. Yes. I w <laughs> They're not going to do it, Trent, unfortunately, but it would be nice if they did. Okay, so because we are recording this podcast way in advance and we do not know what has happened between now and when the podcast goes live, when it is relevant. So for all we know, Square Enix has been purchased by Microsoft and we all have strong opinions about that, but we can't talk about it because we just don't know what's happened. We are instead going to do something that is timeless and we are going to rank games, particularly rank properties. So we have here in front of us, uh, if you're watching it on the YouTubes, you get to watch it on video. Otherwise, you're just going to have to tune in and create a mental, mental image as you go. But um, we have Tier Maker open, and we are going to classify, rank, and categorize all the JRPGs. So um, Harvard here is in control of the mouse. And uh, yeah. if you want to scroll down here, Harvard, we have a full... 48 odd games to categorize so we are going to have some serious debates as we go and i think it's like every game that had more than three western releases give or take right. a few is on here cool so that is good to know so there are some as fairly obscure ones there there are some that just kind kind of don't get made anymore for example we've got what there's um there's there's summer night there although there was a relatively recent summer night there is Ark the Lad, for example. Ark the Lad doesn't get made anymore, but because there were yeah. a fair few of them. Um, Not that anyone talk about Ark the Lad for a while. Yes. So where should we start? Let's start with... Um, let's start let's with... Let's go in order. Maybe it makes it easier just go in order. Yeah. Sure. All right. So we're, we're just going to kind of chat about it as we go along, and then we're going to put them in one of these little spots here, with the exception of yeah. obviously didn't play, because at least one of us has played pretty much every game here. In, yeah. It goes on the from list. S plus to S, A, B, C, D, and F. Yes, so that is correct. We've got to be very careful about S pluses. I feel like we'll like a lot of these games, but what's going to get the S plus? Yeah, I mean, if it was me, that'll be S plus. Let's face it, because I just <laughs> I have a soft spot for RPGs, as everybody yeah. knows. As the comment sections on my website keeps to telling me, I'm way too soft on RPGs. But yeah, it is what it is. So we'll start. And speaking with... of soft RPGs, there's Atelier. There's the first yes. one. Yes. So Atelier is obviously an S plus. 
<laughs> and here we go. Um, I mean, I, have, you, have either of you actually played Atelier at any point? I've tried to make my way through Verona and um, Ryza, and like I've tried a few times, and I keep bouncing off because I keep going like there's no impetus for me to actually do anything in these games. Like, I enjoy it. It's really about, cute. Which is really, really long, right? Where you have to, like, play all the games, otherwise you're just going to be completely lost. No, you can play whichever one in whatever order. No, every okay. Atelier, it's more like Final Fantasy, where every Atelier is its own thing. Um, It's kind of a... But it's like a crafting kind of game. It's like a... you the, the main core mechanic is that you collect items from monsters and you create potions and stuff. No, no, that is incorrect, Harvard. The main core mechanic of Atelier is it's pretty girls. And that, yeah. <laughs> And that's why it's okay. I mean, that is, let's face it, that is kind of the, the that is the defining characteristic of Atelier is that it's all, you know, it's very, uh, it, it's pretty, it's wholesome. It's not uh, fan servicey. A lot of people seem to think it's fan servicey. I mean, it has swimsuit it's... costumes, but it, it's not really about that. It's about, you know, these, these um, characters go on a um, coming of age kind of journey. So they start off very uh, naive and inexperienced and they learn about their place in the world. And as they do so, they, they do that through their uh, abilities as alchemists to, to make items by throwing stuff into a pot or cauldron. And then, you know, you throw in metal and um, rabbit ears and stuff and out pops a cake. And that's basically how the game works. Um, Yes. The game version of like K-On or like, those you know cute anime slice of life yeah. things yeah yeah it's it's very good it, they're very nice and wholesome and charming and i i really think that if more people gave them a go which kind of happened with ariza then the series would be more popular but i guess it's just it's always kind of struggled with that perception that it is that fan servicey anime thing uh, a lot of people seem to think it kind of belongs to the same thing as at, uh, as hyperdimension neptunia and they're really not <laughs> they're a very different kind of beast so, so I mean, blue reflections. No, uh, same yes. de- similar developer, I think. Same developer. Same developer? Yeah. yeah. Same developer as so, blue reflections. Yeah. We're gonna let Matt control this list and put Atelier and S plus. No, let's 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 be a little bit more realistic, I guess. Uh, let's put it. Let's make it an S because. Okay. <laughs> as far as as far as the B grade um, kind of you know low budget JRPGs go, the Atelier series is definitely the best of them. I think personally. Yeah. Next okay. one is Barton Kaitos, which I have not which heard is weird because there's in a only, long time. There's only two of them. I don't know why that's in the list, given that. Yeah. But anyway, it is there. Um, Did I ever play those? Yes, I've played them. It's a card um, game, right? In a, in a sense. Okay, so for people who don't have who didn't have it on the GameCube, it is a turn-based uh, RPG, but rather than selecting attacks from a menu, you select your text, add attacks from a deck of cards. And um, each turn, you've got, you know, five or six cards to choose between, and you can choose two or three cards uh, or more later on in the game. But, you, you know, for, for the most part, you're selecting a couple of cards, and you want to combo those up, and there's a pretty deep kind of combo system in there. And, yeah, it's about creating a good deck of cards and then using those cards effectively in battle to both attack and defend from enemy attacks. So your defensive items are in there as well. So when your enemy attacks, then you've got to pick cards to defend against. It sounds like it's a really convoluted system, but it doesn't take long to get into. And once you do, it is uh, it is very compelling stuff. The narrative good? of them, the narratives of them are quite good as well. The performance of them is terrible. <laughs> um, 
they probably the infamously they had some of the worst voice acting for the English dub <laughs> in history of it's video like a games. GameCube era game, right? It's like it's back, back when yeah, voice acting was like but, a friendly suggestion. Yeah, but if you think that, for example, Final Fantasy X, which was kind of the same era, we we kind of laugh at it, but we can play it. Uh, if you were to play the voice acting for that game today, you would not be able to play it. It is just really that, that bad. Bad. So just turn the sound off. I mean, they, these games are getting <laughs> these games yeah, are coming out. They're coming out soon, aren't they? Yes, they are coming out quite soon. So you will get a chance to play them if you haven't any already. I mean, they're very expensive now on the kind of secondhand market because they're fairly rare. Um, you will get a chance to play them. Just do yourself a favor and turn the voice acting off if they have kept that. Uh, anyway, let's let's make that a S tier as well. Okay. Because yeah. the quality of the narrative, I think people are going to be really impressed by how strong the narratives of those two games are. Mm -hmm. And they're going to find that combat system quite uh, invigorating, interesting and different even today. So there we go. This next one will bring opinions. Breath of Fire. F. <laughs> I would put this in like a, a C or a D, but, but I totally see what you mean. Good opening. You know how I like a wait, Breath of a Fire was long. Breath of Fire. Where everything's on fire. fire and you're in like the little village thing and then yep. you have to go. You're in the little village That's and the, the original one. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. See? S tier. Done. Move on. <laughs> yeah. it, it's, you're it's a like, real opening it's kind like of guy. Me, <laughs> me in the snowball scene in like Final Fantasy Tactics Advance. It's it's like that level of like it draws you into the story. It's great. It's it's the and sorry to all brand fire brands out there. This is the most cliche series in existence. Like every trope that you can imagine in JRPG is in these games. Um, there's level grinding. There's like the chosen one turned into a dragon. Like it's it's all good on paper, but it's nothing about it is that See, special. Yeah, for me that's the thing. It's like Capcom decided. Oh, look at Final Fantasy and Dragon Quest and Fantasy Star. These are all great RPGs. People enjoy RPGs. Let's make our own. And they've just copied what the other guys did better. Which is so, ironic for Capcom. It's kind of like what everyone did to Street Fighter, but Capcom doing it to Final Fantasy. Yeah, pretty much. I will say there is one Breath of Fire that I really enjoyed, and that was the PlayStation 2 one, which had like the the time countdown um, and the time loop. Which one was that? Four, five five six i can't remember which one it was but there was one breath of fire which was really original in terms of its mechanic because time was counting down as you moved so not in real time but as you your character moved um mm. the the kind of the in-game clock was ticking down and you needed to get stuff done before it ran out to, to zero and um that management of time as you move through the world was really quite interesting and they did it in a very interesting way and it was the one time breath of wild uh, breath of wild breath of fire has been kind of original and standing out on its own ideas so still yeah. didn't have a great narrative but the game itself was interesting to play so yeah that's why it's not an oh. f i guess it has one game yeah, let's put it in d i think it, when you think of this series you think like oh this is just classic standard jrpg yeah, yeah, it is. It is a very bog standard JRPG, which um, it's fine. Uh, and I know we're going to get hate for not liking it. And, and to be fair, but... as much as I like the opening, I feel like remembering where I got up to in the first game, I feel like I didn't play it much after. You hit a wall. You absolutely hit a wall yeah. in each of the games. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, next one is Bravely Default. This has been around um, long enough that we can talk about it. That's not a very old series, is it? Um, 
it is. It's a 3DS game, which is makes it almost 10 years old now. It's almost yeah. retro. Stop reminding me how old I am. Next generation, <laughs> next generation that's going to be retro. Oh, I mean, it's retro styled. It feels older than it really is. So, so here's the thing. Bravely Default for me, the first two games are absolute classics, right? Um, I thought the, the two to 3DS ones were just... Bravely Default and Bravely Second. Yeah, they're, they're really entertaining. They had great kind of characterization. The storytelling in them was great. They had a lot of fun. They were entertaining. They were charming. They, yeah, they, they were really interesting games. Bravely Default 2 became a very bog standard effort to do kind of retro style RPG. And mm. I enjoyed it for what it was, but I don't necessarily think it was a standout game, if that makes sense. Um, yeah, I felt the same about just the first game as well. It's like, it's a very technically proficient game. Everything that I would want in a JRPG is there. But as as I was playing, I was like, this is, this is fine. This is okay. I, got I mean, I the thing that I remember most about the first one was the descriptions like the the little descriptions of monsters and um, characters and the the book that you could read through the in-game book mm. uh, it was hugely entertaining the way that they wrote it it just had a real vivid characterization about it and that really drew me in but in terms of the mechanics and in terms of the gameplay then yeah it was it was only fine uh, so let's it a B. What do you let's think? make it a B yeah B that's not for bravely default. B for B for bravely default. It's not necessarily a criticism of it. I don't think there's anything wrong with the series. I've given them all quite high scores on DDNet, but I don't think as a JRPG property, if you were to sit somebody down and say, "Here's a JRPG. This is going to introduce you to the genre," I wouldn't be going for bravely default. Yeah, it's not. It's not going to light anyone's world on fire. No, no. Speaking of worlds on fire, Dragon Quest. Okay. Well, I mean, this is obviously an S tier. Uh, S yeah. It's I almost yeah, I want to put it in S plus. It's just... I mean, the, you can't not say Dragon Quest is the iconic, the genre defining series. Yeah, and like any point in Dragon Quest is a good starting point, except maybe two. It's like you either play the early games for the history of the whole genre. You're like this whole genre started here, or you play the modern games, which are fantastic games. So yeah, you yeah, can't absolutely. go wrong with the series. And I mean, that it's, blue it's... things in like literally everything has that blue thing. The slime. Like, the slime, yeah. The slime. Like, it's mass marketed. It's I have... Absolutely I have, iconic. I've got, like, two dozen slime kind of bits and pieces, like, merchandise around the house because you, it's just everywhere, and it is so iconic and charming, and everybody loves the slime. And the story behind everybody the slime loves was... the slime. <laughs> the, story, <laughs> the story behind the slime was great, too, because, like, they needed a... Well, you know, they needed the first enemy, you know, the very first yeah, enemy that you'd fight. And they didn't want to make him too intimidating because they thought that if he was too intimidating, if this first enemy you fought in this original JRPG was was too intense, then it wouldn't attract people into the game or would, wouldn't incentivize them to keep playing. So the slime is meant to be like this very non-threatening uh, enemy that you just fight first to kind of get you into the game. And uh, yeah, it kind of launched a, launched a property all by itself. So yeah. Uh, the other thing about Dragon Quest is the spin-offs are also all excellent. Almost every yeah. spin-off of Dragon Quest is worthwhile. Um, for uh. example, the Pokemon clone, the Dragon Quest monsters, excellent. No, series. I hate Dragon Quest monsters. I don't like um, it. Well, you're just wrong. Uh, yeah. <laughs> there was um, a and oh, sorry. There was a there was a, a Wii one where you waggled the sword sword around, and that was good fun as well. And there was also not many people got to play it, unfortunately, because you'd need to be in the physical space. But there was a Dragon Quest VR quest where you'd go into this big warehouse in Japan and you'd all put, there'd be four of you and, you know, 
two of you be wearing swords and shields and then two one person had a staff and one person no two people had staffs different types of stuff for different magic users but you'd be have two warriors a cleric and a wizard and you needed to work together with your kind of little party moving through this warehouse fighting enemies in vr and it's just one of my favorite video game moments ever i just had such a good time with that my wife and i played it we made you know two friends (laughs) there and there and on our little adventure and uh we failed unfortunately the dark lord beat us but it was just (laughs) it was just a brilliant time it was well worth the 20 bucks we each had to pay to to get in um yeah so dragon quest is just that iconic it's just one of those things you just want to experience s plus um, uh, a i reckon yeah yeah i mean quality is there like the, the mm. and the good thing i mean these are very important jrpgs because they reinvigorated the dungeon crawler before etrian mm. odyssey came around the dungeon crawler was really in the doldrums especially on console they just weren't getting many made people weren't really interested in them and and so on it, like, it felt like a dying genre but etrian odyssey came along and kind of revitalized it and now we get a new dungeon crawler every couple of weeks so yeah. it was an important one um the quality is there the gameplay is great the graph the art and everything is excellent but i will say that they are also limited the re-releases kind of prove that you really need the two screen experience for etrian odyssey mm. to work without that the kind of the solutions they came up with do undermine the series a bit. So those yeah. HD remasters were not as good, unfortunately. I will say too, for most of the rest of the games on this list, we're going to run into a problem where the combat and the exploration are quite separate, whereas Etrian Odyssey is a game that has solved that problem because it makes um, combat encounters part of the exploration experience. They have like really strong bosses that are in the dungeons physically that you can accidentally bump into. So you're traversal of the dungeon influences the way you handle combat and vice versa like it's quite smart and how it does it mm-hmm. have you played them trent any of them uh there's a ds one isn't there yes they're, they're all ds ones they're all ds actually there was a 3ds one too but yeah there was a serious which was etrian odyssey before that though wasn't there like a similar sort of series and no mm, no just dungeon crawlers there was a lot of them before etrian odyssey yeah, wizardry okay. and um, might and magic and stuff yeah i played one of the ds ones right yeah okay next one final fantasy i mean do we even need to talk about that yeah the ds plus I don't know, <laughs> even if you don't pretty bad <laughs> even if you don't like individual final fantasies it is again literally genre defining it's, it's too iconic yeah and the, the funny thing, too, is that everyone has beef with at least one Final Fantasy game. No one looks at the whole series and is, like, hits all around. Whereas Dragon Quest, we can be, like, every game's a hit. Final Fantasy is such a wild, divisive series. But as a whole, you have to S-plus it. But, I mean, that's because Final Fantasy is always trying new things, you know. they This is the series that does push the JRPG's genre forward. Like, it has mm. always been the one that has been willing to try things, experiment, and sometimes, yes, fail, at least in the eyes of some people. But if they didn't, then a whole bunch of systems and things, a whole bunch of ideas and approaches to the genre wouldn't happen. So yeah, it is kind yeah. of the the leader of the genre in in so many ways. And Final Fantasy sixteen kind of continues that. So, yes. I really love the two faces of the genre, like Dragon Quest, core basics, reliable, and Final Fantasy constantly pushing the envelope of what they can do. And together there's something to like out of either of them. Well, that's exactly it. It's like for 
people who are traditional fans of turn-based combat and stuff, you've got Dragon Quest. And for people who like seeing what the genre can really do uh, and be pushed, then you've got Final Fantasy. It's They work beautifully together. And that's why it's kind of good that they're in the one publisher as well. Yeah, yeah. Okay, next one is Fire Emblem. <laughs> um, again, do we really need to ask where that belongs? F tier. Bam. <laughs> Trans- uh, quiet. I also don't think I want to S plus Fire Emblem, but that's it is, just me. I insist. I'm going to take control of the mouse if you don't S plus <laughs> okay, Fire Emblem. I'm going to S plus Fire Emblem. <laughs> I guess it is that iconic strategy RPG series, right? Yes. Yes. It's and like I mean, the strategy RPG. Yes. And they, they tell great stories and they have. The thing about Fire Emblem, I think, that kind of makes it that S-plus thing is the characters, because mm. no series has, not even Final Fantasy or Dragon Quest, has characters that people love quite as much as for their favorite Fire Emblem characters. It has always been a character-driven series, and uh, that continues uh, with the, the me- most recent ones. Uh, Engage had another bunch of characters, new characters that were great. And it just shows how important characters are to it that Engage also used the characters from the earlier Fire Emblem games in just kind of as their way of tapping into nostalgia from the earlier series. Fire Emblem Heroes on the uh, iPhone just demonstrates how important the characters are because it has been one of the more successful gacha games because people want to spend money to get their favorite characters in a swimsuit. I mean, that is the thing. That is what this series is. It is just this character-driven thing. And I don't think any JRPG series does it better. Yeah, yeah. So S plus okay. for sure. Then a few big hitters there. Now we're going to be a bit faster with these next few. Front Mission. F. Either of you played a Front Mission? F. <laughs> no, seriously, I... F. I personally think. Or you can put it on D, I guess, but I, I can't say I've never played it, so I'll just take, your, take it, a view on it. it what it, makes it, it an F, man? They're just, they're tactics RPGs, but um, just... They don't tell interesting stories. They use the kind of the mecha suits as a, a crutch for yeah, the mecha hiding. Games, right? Yeah, yeah, for for hiding a lack of interesting mechanics, and they, it, the series just doesn't work. And the fact that Square Enix kind of farmed the remake out to Forever Entertainment, which is one of the most yeah, they're, they're not developer publishers. Big fans of this series themselves in house. No, it feels like. no, it's always been a very kind of C tier game within yeah, the like, library we um, make it but no one it's it's the fillet of fish of square enix it's like we make it because some people like it but we're not paying attention for this yeah and they farm it out to the the, the least you know talented developers or the cheapest like the only reason for forever entertainment would have got that remake was because forever entertainment bid the least amount of money to do it <laughs> oh uh, no well i okay. um, I'm quite happy for Forever of Entertainment to come and flame me in the comments because they're terrible. They screwed up House of the Dead. They screwed up Panzer Dragon. And, um, well, there wasn't much to screw up in the first place with Front Mission, but they didn't do it. Adjust- they, they didn't improve yeah. it, that's for sure. Uh, it's yeah, there's, there's better meta games on this list. So, yeah, we can put that in F. Like, of all, the, one... of all the JRPG properties, Front Mission is my least favorite by a long way. Okay, Dot Hack. Well, close to. Dot Hack's not much better. Hack is like a single-player MMO, right? That's what the intention is. Yeah, from the PS2 era, so it's kind of an old-style um, approach to it. And I don't know, does anybody really like Hack? I know they put the HD remasters out, but does anybody genuinely like that series? I don't 
No. What if we what if we put it in F and see if anyone gets mad at us? <laughs> that'll that'll be the litmus test. <laughs> then we'll then we'll know if there are fans of Dot Hack out there. Um, <laughs> have either of you actually played? Wrong. Have either of you actually played Dot Hack? I watched the anime. Didn't like the anime very much. Oh, there was an anime too. Yes. Yeah, the anime was in some ways more famous than the games. Yes, like actually, you're right. Moving on, cheese TV or something at some point. It was, it was, yes. yeah. I vaguely Anyways. remember the orange-looking girl, which I searched when I googled dot hack, and that's what popped up. So, yeah, the main characters. Next one, we've got <laughs> Kingdom Hearts. Kingdom Hearts, yeah, this is going to be controversial. I'd put uh... it in F. Personally, I I want to S plus it, but like against my better judgment. <laughs> you know when you like you like don't want it to be good, but it's consumed so much of your life that you have to pretend like you like it. That's my view of Kingdom Hearts right now. <laughs> it's like because I can explain the stupid nobody heartless law, I feel like I need to like it, but I don't like it. I, I I'm a fan of old school Disney, um, and what really bugs me about kingdom hearts is all i wanted was a game where you get to go on a quest with donald duck and the way they gave it to me just infuriates me because that's not what i wanted here's all these other things here's 13 yeah. guys in trench coats you I like want... 13 guys in trench coats <laughs> exactly i just wanted donald duck to hit things that's all i wanted and... Or if you're like a fan of like random bits and pieces I throw into it, it's like here you're like the world ends with you characters. Here's them like scattered across and like yeah, just chucking them. Random... Yeah, like it's not really like involved in the game. It's like this random section just because that's what we want you to play at that particular time. It yeah, make any sense? Like I, I'd say a B and a C is more like it, it's. I, I feel like it's popular and it's got a lot of uh, like it's well known because it's got a lot of fans i feel yeah, like if we, whereas if, yeah. if we put if it we in c Kingdom we're gonna Hearts, we're gonna get yelled at <laughs> if we put I mean, we're gonna get yelled at if we put it anywhere like there are people like me that we will yell at I, I love kingdom hearts but like for the sake of the series it's a BTS series but for a coherent game and if you were like let's get into kingdom hearts right now you probably will hate it so it's it, i feel like it's a game where you have to sort of either get involved early on or like know a lot of the backstory or yeah it's a real stockholm yeah. syndrome franchise okay next one langrisso wow <laughs> um it's kind of a non-event of a series isn't it um really i mean I, they're what good. I want the series people they're good the, the few people who like it love it but not many people play it well they did the remake of langrisso one and two two years ago or thereabouts and that just landed with zero splash i like it i did enjoy it i've actually chatted with uh, the people behind that remake and they're they're good people and the series does try but it just exists so deeply in fire emblem shadow i don't think people can see it for the most part um so maybe c c tier yeah i mean it's not bad they're, game they're, they're not bad games, games. they're very playable yeah. but they're just they're a non-event like nobody cares about language so Oh, okay. I'm gonna get yelled at. Okay, speaking of yelled at, Legend of the Heroes. Oh Jesus Christ, that's gonna be a hard one to categorize. Um, okay, so I would put them as uh, S personally. S. Yeah. Um, and the reason for that is they are incredibly 
the the, the storytelling in them is incredible. The fact that you do have to play all of them to to get the story kind of undermines it for new players, but the they're just it is as an experiment to create a world like uh, an epic video game series that is the most ambitious it takes a thousand hours to play through them all and somehow they managed to justify that like that's one of the rare examples of a game that or series that can go for a thousand hours and still be making a point and still have a reason to exist and to to continue to be plowing on so for all those reasons, it is just, um, it is exceptional. But at the yeah. same time, the reason it's not S plus tier is because it is that hardcore. It's impossible to get into. <laughs> yeah, it's not accessible, right? It's like, zero, I appreciate there's zero that they accessibility exist. to it. I appreciate they exist, but no, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna start. Well, I, if I do, I might fall into the hole. But I'm, I'm wary of the, how big the hole is. Yeah, because once you go in, you can't dig yourself back out. You can't come up for breath, and it's just. I'm fortunate that I've been playing them for long enough now that I can play the new one because there's a new one just as we record this podcast. There's a new one coming out or just out actually. And uh, I can play it and get along with it, but I would definitely not recommend it to people <laughs> uh, who haven't played a lot of them before. So that kind of does hurt the series as a tier, but yeah. they're just Could, beware. Yeah. Well, not just uh, Luffy. Absolutely incredible, but yeah, be aware. So next one we got is Luffy. Have you played this map? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I played them. Um, they're they were... tier golden sun. <laughs> maybe, <laughs> maybe stick it in. Maybe stick it in C now. To me, it really belongs next to Breath of Fire. Probably, probably. I feel like they right. occupy a very similar space, and like they're pretty good games, but they're not world changing or like anything like that. Yeah, and I mean the fact they don't make them anymore kind of says that yeah. um maybe it's a bit better than breath of fire it did more interesting than breath of fire, but it's like the same style of game to me yeah the, the story the storytelling was way worse lufia's storytelling just never kind of captured oh, really me. yeah oh. but the gameplay does I, I enjoyed it more than breath of fire because they as rpgs they work better for me but the one i always remember most is probably the, the game boy color lufia and the storytelling in it was not good i didn't think okay so yeah, these these reasonable. We are we are going we are going to get yelled at for D for, <laughs> for putting it there because there are one or two Luffy fans out there, but it is what it is. Sorry, okay. guys. Let's power through the next few so that we get about halfway, and then we'll do the next half. Yeah, we're not even halfway through yet. Yeah, I know, but the the, the timer is ticking now. No, oh, I'm just saying we're not halfway through. Wow, there's yeah. a lot of JRPGs. These uh, next will be fast. Luna, maybe A. I mean, Luna's not a yeah lengthy series but they're great they're they're very good quality storytelling um they yep. are they're, they're just games that for jrpg fans that is an essential one to play so yep. you it's not one to get into the, the genre but it is definitely one for people who love the genre yeah if you like jrpgs play a little next one i have to google what this is it's mana cameo which is a gust series that came before atelier i think yes it's a ps2 um, game Yes. I mean, I think the fact that they've plowed on with Atelier and left this series to die kind of tells everything about it. Um, they're, they're good, but definitely Atelier is superior in concept okay. and execution. So maybe... But the detail? Yeah. yeah. Mario and Luigi, Superstar Saga? F. F. <laughs> no, no. Mario and Luigi. F. Great. 
Oh, okay. They're so, not good RPGs. They're good like comedy puzzle games, but they are not RPGs. We'll, we'll, we'll probably end up spending the rest of this section talking about this one series. For me, um, I like the fundamental, like the 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 RPG me- mechanics and the elements, which is why um, Paper Mario is my favorite of this kind of property. But what I don't like about this series is the way they do gimmicks. Like every yeah. Mario and Luigi yeah. has some stupid gimmick in it, which they end up relying on too much, and it takes away from the RPG. So it's more of definitely. a more recent one. It's just like Paper Mario. They sort of lost their like spark. Like the original Game Boy Advance Mario and Luigi games, they are like top tier RPGs, especially for the platform at the time. Like if you were like, this is a Game Boy Advance game, what do you what do you want? Like like what games do you need to play on the Game Boy Advance? Mario and Luigi would be mentioned like up there, like in terms of people's lists. Yeah, so, yeah, you're but, totally right, yeah. and. You can actually play one of the Mario Luigi's on the Game Boy app on the Switch now. Yeah, yeah. And, and it's, it like, it's is, a fine game. But... It is. But the, the reason that it is a fine game is because it's not gimmicky. That one doesn't have the same kind of reliance on gimmicks that later ones did. So, yeah, maybe maybe C. Yeah, C or D, I think. I'll put it as C. It's, it's the, interesting, but the it's earlier not a game, great Yeah, yeah. The, the earlier games are great, but the series has really lost its way, and I don't think they're going to dig that one out because yeah. they're too wedded to gimmicks. We can, we can do a few more. Mega Man Battle Network? Um, maybe B, do you think? I like it. I, I think it's good. Um, I'll, I'll, I'd happily put it in B because it's not for everyone. It is a bit of a weird style design, but... To combine Mega Man with JRPG, I think they were quite successful in what they did. I think, people, I think people responded pretty well to that collection, didn't they? Yeah, yeah. Like the collection that released. Now? Like is it? Mega Man Battle Network Combat is like a proper esport now with an online uh, network and everything. It's, it's really pretty surprising, yeah. Really? Yeah, yeah, people like it. It's good. <laughs> That's <laughs> fascinating. I mean, you can make anything esports these days. They do Catherine's yeah. an esport, but yeah, Mega Man Battle Network esport. I mean, the thing for me was I, I've I've never really been invested in Mega Man, so that kind of has held me back from the series a little bit. But I do enjoy the combat of those ones. Um, yeah, it's definitely a mechanics game. It's not a narrative or a world building. Yeah, game. yeah, exactly. And it's I mean, fun, Mega Mega Man Mega Man was always about the the mechanics rather than the storytelling. Absolutely, um, yeah. So the fact that that's kind of come across to the JRPG versions of these doesn't yeah. surprise me at all. Let's make this the last one for the section, Monster Rancho. Oh, now this is an interesting one, isn't it? It's very obscure. So for that reason, we can't really put it in the top two tiers, but yeah. it's actually really good. Like it's really, really good. It's quite um, a different take on the whole monster catching, raising type of game. Very different. It's... Yeah, it's not like an adventure Pokemon style game. It's more of like a, almost like a Tamagotchi pet raising game, but the world is still quite big and quite expansive. Yeah, exactly, exactly. That's what it is. It is very kind of, it's like Tamagotchi crossed with Pokemon and it's just a weird mix, but it works. And they've also been very creative with it in the past. You know, the original Monster Rancher, you would create your monsters by kind of sticking music CDs in your console. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, Always like very odd yeah, they've done the they've done some interesting things. There was a game Neo Geo, Game Boy Color, Game Gear, Game Boy Advance. I think where, there where was a card game one that they did as well. <clears throat> so wow. they've they've 
they've actually done some quite creative things with the series and it's just I know it's very obscure, but I have a soft spot for this series. So maybe yeah. <clears throat> I want to put it in a, like a, like a, a sleeper A. Yeah. I feel like yeah. I played the DS one because it was made by Sing and in my like youth looking at like DS games to play, I feel like I picked that one up and played it a bit, but uh yeah. Oh, you're right. There was a DS one too. Yes. All right. Okay. So we're about halfway through. <laughs> um, We've got 29 games left. Yeah. We would take a we'll take a break and then come back and finish ranking all of the JRPG properties. Welcome back, everybody. Okay, so we got through about half the JRPGs in our last section of the podcast. If you're watching this on YouTube, check out the previous video. And now we are going to plow through and hopefully get through the rest of the JRPG properties before we finish this recording. So and everyone's going to keep yelling at us for our bad opinions because the next game is Mother. Yes, that's a good one to start the news. Which is the Earthbound podcast series. on. Uh, yes, it's really three games. It's Earthbound Zero or Mother One, Earthbound and Mother Three, which is like the infinite, never released game forever. Yes, so I mean, it's an interesting one to try and tier because you kind of have to have played the JRPG, like a lot of JRPGs, to really appreciate Mother because it is kind Definitely, of a satire yeah. of JRPGs. So if you were to sit somebody down and say, "Here's a JRPG, play it and love it," um, you wouldn't do Mother. <laughs> Because yeah. Mother's really for people that have played all those S plus tier games first. So and you need a but, sense of humor too, because the game's gonna troll you. The game's gonna not be fun as a joke. So Yeah, but at the same time, it is as a satire, it's probably the most effective that we've seen in video games. Like it is that kind of this is how you do satire in video games. Absolutely. And yeah. it has been so influential. Like Undertale was directly inspired by Mother, uh, Moon, which is a 
all-time kind of cult classic was directly inspired by Mother. So for the fact that it has been so influential, we can't really drop it below S tier either. Like yeah, I think S tier is a good spot for it. Yeah, it's, I think so. Mechanics-wise, not a great game. Writing-wise, fantastic. And influence is just off the charts. Yeah, I think that's a pretty fair spot to place it. Okay, next. Fans hate free as well, like Mother Free as well for like. Wait, reasons. what? No, remember, I thought everyone loves out, three. No, when it first came out, if you're on the forums, everyone was all like, "It's completely different. I hate this." And it was like, there's like a split of Earthbound friends which like actually love Mother Free. Really? And like, yeah, like it was it was a big thing back when like the it was getting like the fan uh the rem like translation and stuff like that because like fans were like disappointed that didn't live up to the expectations of oh well jrpg is like the golden list of golden cows i feel like of all the games on this list people get the most mad if we say mother three is bad jrpg fans are never going to be happy about anything you should know that by now trent i think in recent years mother three sort of like picked up and people like yeah, but... like want it and like are more excited for it but i feel like it's more of a meme game than like, it is people, yeah than like how people actually want it so yeah, yeah the fact people want it is more of a more of a thing in the game itself next one is hyperdimension neptunia <laughs> matt well, we know what you're gonna say Just well no up. i'm not gonna say put it in s plus i'm not that crazy <laughs> um but the thing is wherever i put it somebody's gonna laugh at me aren't they um look Let's put it in B. Mm, quite and a divisive series. As video games, I can't imagine JRPGs that I would recommend less to people unless I knew they had very specific tastes. Um, but if you like really silly humor um, and if you like fan service, then it's good. It's a good series. But you've got to yeah. have very specific taste before I'd recommend it to you. And it's obviously never going to be a particularly influential series because it is just so overtly niche. And it's, it's gotten worse me. over time, hasn't it? No, like no. Like the earlier got... games. Oh, no? No, it's kind of... The, the very first one was, was an absolutely dismal game. But uh, then they got better fairly regularly like for, for a while. Uh, since then, they've kind of, in, in more recent times, it seems like they've lost uh, a sense of where to take the series. So they're doing some experiments and they're, they're not always working. But um, yeah, the, the series is generally getting better over time. Okay. At least the core ones. The spin-offs are a little bit of a different story, but another day. Next one is Ogre Battle. Ooh, that's a good one. Um, definitely for me, S tier. Yeah. Yeah. Is this a Matsuno series? Sorry? Is this a Yasumi Matsuno series? I don't know who was behind it, actually. But mm. um, it, it the, the, the tactics or strategy RPGs, and they are pretty intense in terms of their narrative and storytelling. They, they predate Final Fantasy Tactics, right? But it's the same similar kind of energy where it's yeah, quite a serious story, quite a political story. Tactics Ogre came first, and then Final Fantasy Tactics followed. And yeah, it is very political. Uh, political. It is very dark. Um, it probably is the same guy behind Final Fantasy Tactics. And now that I think about it, and yeah, it, it's it's unfortunate that Square Enix doesn't do more with it, but mm. um, they've got so many other JRPG properties, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Next one is a very 
big swerve, Paper Mario. I did not realize that Paper Mario was considered a different series to Mario and Luigi. I really didn't know the, that. The, they are different series, but they they branched out with the Wii game. The Wii Paper Mario is a very weird game, but while that was happening, with the Mario and Luigi series was happening as well. Yeah, I know they're they're not the. I know people, the fans are divided on the more recent ones. I guess. Um, it's a difficult one to place. Of the series, people only really like one and two. I don't mind the new one. The new one's fun. The Switch one is fun. I did enjoy it. Um, but at the same time, I wouldn't say it's a particularly memorable game. I would say it's a C tier with uh, Mario and Luigi. Yeah? You think yeah. it's better or worse than Mario and Luigi? I think, I think the original paper... Better. The original Paper Mario is definitely better than any of the Mario and Luigi games that I've played. Mm. But at the same time... As a series, I don't think Paper Mario's done any better than Mario and Luigi. Okay, yeah, that's fair. It's got one, it's kind of got that one super big classic. It's got this, the second one was actually quite decent as well. But after that, it's just, they haven't done anything with it. Yeah. Plus, let's put it think... this way Paper Mario is more likely to get another game than Mario and Luigi. That is yes. true, I guess. Yeah. Yes. And it, I feel like there's going to be a theme as we go on. Nintendo is not really a company that likes to make RPGs. They have, well, we'll get to it. Next one's Parasite Eve. Oh, S plus. S plus? Really? Jesus, yes. Are you talking about just the first game though, or the three games? Oh, the, the PSP one's not nearly as good, but the first two. Um, oh, you like the second one as well? Yes, yes, absolutely. Okay. I, Interesting. I read the book because of the games. Um, like that's the only reason I even read the book. It, they're just so good. They're just so okay. intensely brilliant uh, horror RPGs. I'll put them on the list. I didn't realize that they were like they gave you that reaction because so I, thought, first, I always the, thought they were like pretty good. The but... first two I hold in the same regard. Uh, we're, we're talking about horror now, I guess, because the the horror theme is obviously very strong in them. But I hold those two first two in the same regard that I do: Fatal Frame Two, Project Zero Ooh. Two, and um, Silent Hill Two and Three. Like they're that good. They're just brilliant, absolutely brilliant it's, games. And the fact that they bring the horror, the, the RPG element into horror so effectively makes yeah. them really interesting, really interesting Because we've done more than 20 games now, and this is the first one that's even slightly horror-themed. Yes. Um, I, I would just love for Square Enix to actually do something proper with that series again. I don't know if they would be able to uh, in a way that would capture what made the original so good, but those two first two games are just... S okay. plus tier for sure. Next one, Persona. A or B? Way higher than that. <laughs> um, I want to give it Do we go a... S plus or S? I, I think you love four and three is good and five is divisive and no one's played one and two. Well, one and two are very different. Like I would consider one and two more Shin Megami Tensei than Persona. Persona's identity mm. as a series happened with three. three and so yeah. three, three, four, and five are what Persona is to me. Um, I would say that, see, the thing is Persona 4 in isolation is an S plus tier game. And I know a lot of people would say the same about three. Persona 5 drags it down a little bit, I guess. Um, we can put it in S, I guess. 
Yeah, yeah, we'll put it in us. I, I think people will get mad if we talk about Persona negative. But with the, with, series. <laughs> with with the, the the disclaimer there that Persona Four is every bit as good as the best that Dragon Quest and Fire Emblem and Final Fantasy have thrown up. Mm. I think it, it has a position to possibly get up there if if it hits another couple of good games and it becomes a long running series. That possibly is it. I mean, I mean, I, mean, I know Pers- uh, Parasite Eve's kind of there, even though it only has two. But the other ones are all kind of long-running series and perhaps persona hasn't had the chance to establish yeah, that longevity like demonstrate that yeah consistency. yeah it needs the longevity to be a s plus perhaps and speaking um, of longevity pokemon <laughs> yeah let, let's do let, i think trent's right on this one um we'll indulge him with an s plus there simply I mean, because even if you like don't like some of the recent games like i mean the recent games there's been some very divisive ones and like the worst pokemon game is clearly x and y and no wait ultra ultra moon i hate that's x mm. yeah but mm. basically 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 those ones were the worst of the pokemon games and if and a lot of fans from the older ones are like pokemon's not for me now and all this other stuff so they hate the new style but like Pokemon Go like is easily like an S plus game in terms of market penetration and yeah I think and, franchises and money this is the franchise that's made the most money of this list yeah it is the biggest property if that's how you want to measure things and I mean it's obviously been enormously influential um, it is just an iconic series and yeah sure you might not like one or two of them along the way but overall the quality of the the series is pretty you know um, stable. It's not like. Yeah. It's I think it's like, like the games. If you get one, you're probably in for a good time. But the whole extended franchise of it is what gives it so much power. It's like, yeah, I mean, it's not like the Pokemon. you can you can wrap Pokemon. It's like. Yeah, it's it's not like Paper Mario or Mario and Luigi where there's kind of one or two standouts and then the rest is kind of in the doldrums. Pokemon overall is is uh, a very consistent series, and uh, yeah, they they're they. You couldn't say they're bad games, and you certainly couldn't say the series isn't influential. So you can't really place it anywhere but S plus. Next one we're doing is Romantic Saga. Oh, that's another one of Square Enix's kind of um, forgotten properties, I guess. Yeah, it's it's where it's where it's all it's where all the bizarre ideas that can't make it into Final Fantasy end up. Yeah, and that's kind of why I love the series because they they're just so experimental with them. Like they really do play with ideas and try things with the series. So even though they don't always work, I always admire what they do with them. I'm the same, but every time I try to play it, I hate it quite overtly. I have a terrible time because it never feels good to play these games. They're always just a little bit bit weird. I think I think some of them are quite enjoyable to play, like Final Fantasy Legend Three, which is actually a romance and saga game. Um, Final Fantasy Legend Three is very good, and then I think Romance and Saga Two is, is very good, and the remake in particular is also very much worthwhile. Uh, and then, yeah. See, the thing is, I would recommend people play them uh, if you have an exp- if you have experience with JRPGs, because you can see where ideas kind of uh, are being played out with them. But yeah, I, I don't think they're kind of um, five out of five games either. So maybe yeah. uh, I, I don't want to put them any lower than Hyperdimension Neptunia. Um, maybe, <laughs> maybe B. I would say B for, B for creativity. 
Yeah, just for and, pure and creativity. Warning that if you don't want to learn a new system that you're unfamiliar with, you're not going to like these games. Yeah. Yeah. Rune Factory. Okay. Rune That's Factory. an AP. That's yeah. Cool. That's like a, yeah. a consistently good time every time you play it. Uh, I guess. I was going to say more B, but yeah. I thought you liked some farming games, Trent. I do like farming games. I just hate Rune Factory and what it turned farming games into and how things like Stardew Valley and all that other stuff is very RPG-focused and just a sad time these days. Like, mm. you know, So you I, don't I, like the fusion? So you, you, like just, you just want to focus on the, the farming, Trent? The farming, yeah. And the, the kind of the character relations. So the RPG yes. bits don't work for you. Yeah, I can, I can yeah. see that. But mm. yeah, I, I think the series does interesting things. I think it's been very... A consistently good time. I don't think they necessarily innovate enough with it. Um, Wasn't there another but... spin-off around the same time? So you have Rune Factory. Wasn't there some some but something which is like a future farming game? No, that was part of the Harvest Moon series. Yeah, they but, just did a yeah, they did a Rune... futuristic one as well. Yeah, but Rune Factory was also a spin-off of Harvest Moon. Yeah, yeah, but what I'm saying is the futuristic one that you're talking about is actually part of the Harvest Moon series. It wasn't a spin-off. Yeah. Shadow Hearts is one game, isn't it? Yeah, uh, is it? I, I I don't know anything about. Is this. there a second one? If there's a second one, I do not know it. Uh, um, but it is excellent. <laughs> like this it? one, this one game is excellent. I don't know why it's a series, but it's in the series. I'm list. googling it now. Shadow Hearts. It's, I don't know a thing. So it's, it's a series. It has a trilogy of titles for the PS2. Wow. Um, I've got some games to catch up on. <laughs> it's. Shadow Hearts, what are the games? Shadow Hearts, Shadow Hearts Covenant, and Shadow Hearts from the New World. Well, well and they I've all some... they they came to the West. I do have some games to catch up on. Then I really did think it was only one. Um, definitely an A tier one. That one. Then yeah. I'm what's going to the, assume what's the theme of this. I'm going to assume that the other two are as good as the original. Let's let's so um, if that's the case, then definitely an A tier one. Um, what's the theme? Uh, they're they're just very kind of dark themed uh, RPGs, but very very good. Like the the storytelling in them is good. They have some interesting things that they do with the the combat oh. mechanics. So definitely so worthwhile. Alternate history with elements of Lovecraftian horror. Yeah, yeah, That's yeah. The, very unique. So know you know, we were talking about Parasite Eve being one of the few kind of horror themed RPGs. That one has uh, some elements of it too. Not as overtly horror as Parasite Eve, but still, it has those mm. elements in it. Okay, next one. I'm curious Shining about your opinion Force. on this. Shining Force. A D. Really. Yeah. Of the tactics, so like, I mean, if it, fought Final, if it fought Fire Emblem, it would lose. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, it's like the, the, the it's got an axe and Fire Emblem's got a sword. Um, <laughs> Shining Force for me is the least of the tactics properties, and I, yeah, I, I do consider it weaker than Langrisser because it just doesn't do anything interesting. The story in those things just aggravates me as being terrible. I can't stand them. <laughs> I just I think I just Shining Force kind of benefits from being the strategy RPG that was localized compared to Fire Emblem, which stayed in Japan until GBA. Shining Force was available on the Genesis. To an extent, so. but I think it also benefits from being like the game that Sega fans can point to as their tactics RPG while mm. you know Nintendo fans are enjoying Fire Emblem. It's just it seems to exist just to be the Sega tactics thing. And I I don't I don't rate it at all. I think it's awful, and I'm going to get flamed for that. But I don't care. I mean, you're all wrong. We're going to say, like we're gonna say good things about Sega games later. This yes. is just not the one. No. Uh, Star Ocean. Oh, I want to put that on an S, but I know it's not. 
for the whole series, Star Ocean is pretty inconsistent, right? Yeah, the thing that's its problem. That's its problem. Um, Star Ocean four and five were a kind of a a weak point for the series. Uh, I I enjoyed them enough for what they were, but definitely they they let fans down. One, two, and three are all great, and then this new one that came out two years ago, last year, uh, is actually a real return to form, like genuinely interesting and well done game. But yeah, that midpoint kind of hurt them. Um, and it's obviously not a key property for Square Enix either. They don't yeah, put anywhere near the effort into it. It's one of those franchises that suffers from just not being the main Square Enix property. Yeah, but I would I, let's put it in A. I do think it's more than a B tier. I do think the quality of one, two, three, and six do elevate it above some of the kind of the B tier and below games. Mm. I think when it sings, it really does sing, right? It really. Yeah, and it's got a, it's it's unique in the way that it has this kind of intergalactic quality to it. Yeah, most RPGs are kind of localized. Even the science fiction ones are kind of localized to a single planet or a, you know a, a single world, or even a small kind of two or three worlds. But Star Ocean has that kind of intergalactic quality to it. It's got that Star Wars quality that you're kind of going on a on a quest across the entire universe. So it has a and it has a really interesting way of kind of mixing low tech and high tech. It's also got that kind of Star Trek quality that mm. um, a lot of the planets you land on are low tech, but you're in spaceships and stuff. And that kind of contrast is also really interesting and in enjoyable. Um, so there's a lot to love about Star Ocean as, as a property. I just wish Square Enix probably put a little bit more effort into it, I guess, yeah. to elevate it higher. So. Yeah. Next one's Suikoden. Oh, that's got to be an S tier, right? S tier? Yeah. It's not many games, but all the games are great, right? There's a reason There's a reason that people keep begging Konami to actually do something with the series, right? It's just, it's that good. And it is based on literature. It's based on an all-time classic. Modern, yeah. Yeah, an all-time classic Chinese novel, one of the, the four great works of Chinese literature. And they do a good job of give, doing justice to that kind of um, mm. heritage. So, yeah, there, there's nothing to complain about with the series either yeah is it accessible like if you were to pick up a copy of Sukunen 1 or 2 right now and play it like would you be able to get into it easily i think you need to be a fan of kind of uh, older uh, jrpgs because there's definitely qualities about them that are aged but mm. they're aged in a way that gives them a classic quality rather than uh i don't really want to play this anymore quality yeah i mean it's a ps1 era yes, jrpg the right? original so one yes the genre's kind of developed compared to some of these snes franchises yeah and definitely sweet was part of that development of the genre it was definitely part of the conversation not perhaps as much as final fantasy or dragon quest but there are definitely um things that that series did that has become kind of iconic to the genre so mm. yeah it's definitely cool. s tier you played summon night before that i have um maybe d, d tier they're not good <laughs> That was I, I, as well, wasn't it? I, yes. It was on the Game Boy. I quite liked the Game Boy Advance games, but I, I think this was when I was a stupid kid that didn't know what JRPGs were. So it was like the first JRPG that I've played to completion, and I have a soft spot for it. But I'm sure if I went back to it now, I'd be like, this is not that good. Yeah, and the series hasn't grown in any way. Um, the more recent ones are just not that much. <laughs> they, they're yeah. just not great. It, it kind of sits there. If you're a real fan of JRPGs, you may pick them up and give them a go, but... You're not going to recommend it to anybody. You're not going to talk it's quite about like it on fluffy, forums. Forgettable kind yeah. of fair, right? There's nobody's talking about Summer Night, and there's a reason for that. Super Robot Wars. This is a series I haven't played, so you're going to have to rank it. I haven't played it either, but I hear well, people love it, 
And well, I mean, if none of us have played it, we should add it to didn't play. Unless, didn't Trent, play. have you played them? I have not played this Robo Yeah, there Wars we go. Game. We've got okay. a didn't play. We got... Well, that's that's everyone's home for today. Go home and play Which I, we, you know, we'll probably get the most flame. We'll get the most hatred for not have, having played it, actually. I, I do know that it has a reputation that's pretty positive. Like people, Yeah, that's that's actually incredible that we've gone through this many games. And this is the first one we've never played, all three yeah. of us. So like tell me what you'll say about that. I'll add it. I'll add it to the list. People who are making angry comments in the comments section. I will play it eventually <laughs> when I have time. Okay, ne- which is seeing angry comments again. Tales. Ah, D. <laughs> I, I, I know you don't like Tales, Matt. No, no. The thing is, I actually really like the the last one, Tales of Arise. Mm. I loved Tales of Arise. Actually, I absolutely loved it, and it's elevated the series a little bit for me. I think I can appreciate some of the older ones a bit more now. Yeah, um, because I like the old, I like the whole series. I think it's it's well designed. It's the flagship of Bandai Namco, I think. Yes. yes. Yeah, Bandai flagship Namco. RPG for a for a big company, and they put effort into it. Um, they have very Moorish games. Like they have really well rounded character designs, and there's a lot to learn about the combat and the world. Like. It's I like big. Rosario it feels like as well. A, yeah, I th- it's a size I think, of franchise. I think for me, what kind of bugged me about Tales, the earlier ones, was the the storytelling side of things. I, yeah, I, I, it's not a heavy stories series. It's always been about two things. Like, firstly, the characters, like you say, the kind of character interactions has always been important and has kind of done a lot of the heavy lifting for the storytelling, and mm. the combat. It's always been a very kind of combat orientated series. Uh, yeah, and, and it's yeah. mechanics and it's i'm not a big fan of games that just force me to engage with their mechanics and uh, as in isolation like i like a game that has good mechanics of course but if the game is just like here's the mechanics this is the entire focus of the game it doesn't really work for me and i thought the earlier tales games were like that but the more recent mm-hmm. ones have definitely done a better job with the storytelling so i'm actually a bigger fan of the series now than i was okay. three or four years ago so I maybe give it an a. a for redemption, yeah. A for the redemption arc. Yeah, I don't think they're the iconic JRPG, but they're they're close enough. They're they're a good recommendation. They're a good starting point. Yeah, you can definitely have... can rec- you can definitely yeah. recommend them to people easy enough. Yeah. Darkura Chronicles. Oh, that's an S tier. Yeah. Yeah. The the it's kind story... of hard to get into it, right? It's a it's a weird like turn you... based uh, turn based real time strategy comic book thing. Yeah, but. The the really intelligent storytelling. Um, they are, they're one of the few games that t- treat war in the way that war should be treated as a concept. Um, most games that treat war as a kind of a, this entertaining adventure thing. Valkyrie Chronicles is one of the few that actually has a more sober and uh, more introspective and more worthwhile look into war as a concept. And for that reason, it the series does really stand out for me mm-hmm. as as something okay. valuable and worthwhile and important. So yeah, S tier. You've got to increase speed now. Valkyrie profile. I uh, don't really care enough about this series. Maybe D. Like, ooh, I would put it in like a B or a C. I think the the community likes it, but it's a, it's a bit more niche <laughs> out of all of them. Yeah, you can put it in a B or a <laughs> C if you want. Because the community likes yeah. it doesn't mean you put it higher. <laughs> <laughs> I, I felt the negative comments just wash over me. Um, <laughs> Xenoblade. Oh, that's another tough one to rank, isn't it? Um, I'd put it as an A. Yeah, I I almost want to put it in an S. It's huge in scope. No other RPG in here gives you a world that big with that much stuff. You can put it there I feel if like you it's want. Only now getting popular and big in terms of in the West. Though. Well, there's like, only three. I of think them, so. yeah, it's hard. It, it's because it, there's no Zeno. Oh, there is Zeno Saga on this list. Okay, never mind. 
Well, that's, 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 that's the other consideration. I mean, this is just the Xenoblade trilogy. And just I don't the Xenoblade think, trilogy. Yeah, I don't think they're quite as... Um, I mean, the, the earlier Xeno games are much higher in rank as far as I'm concerned. I think really? these are fine. I enjoy these plenty, but I don't think they say enough. I don't think they do uh, enough. No, I don't vote bad for them. I think they're great. I think the I think the the starting point for JRPGs maybe even beyond Final Fantasy because you tell someone, hey, you have this massive world to explore and this many things to do, people are going to be in for it. Okay, fair enough. You can you Wild can write me on that one. Uh, a, <laughs> Alan's going to be yelling at us. Wild Arms, yeah, it's respected, right? If you play a Wild know, Arms yes. game, you like a Wild Arms game. I don't know, yes. I don't think they've done enough to be that level. I think A is pretty fair for them. Mm. That they're, I know it has you, its fans, certainly. You know, if you look if you look at the other ones, yeah, if, if you look at the other ones in the A rank, it's kind of these are great games for for people who love their JRPGs, and mm. Wild Arms is certainly that, and it has an interesting theme in the Western theme, and that makes it a little bit different, and all the, those things. So there's nothing wrong with the series by any means. I just don't think it pushes boundaries enough to to be higher rank. I don't think it is kind of influential or important mm, enough yeah. as a series to be S or better. Yeah, definitely. If you're a JRPG fan, you'll like Wild Arms. Xenosaga? Well, it can't be less than Xenoblade. We can put it also in S, I guess? Yes. It's not an S-plus game. No, probably not. If, it, if you could excise just the story, maybe, then it's S-plus I mean, I'm struggling to think of a series as a series that is more dense philosophically than Xenosaga. Like, if you're going to sit down and write a thesis on a JRPG from a narrative or literature point of view, then you probably reach for Xenosaga as a series mm -hmm. um just whether you know as, as games to play whether people still want to pick them up I don't know maybe not is it true that part of the game just like sitting in a room seeing people talk to each other there's, there's all kinds of stuff going on in that one it was one of the first ones to really get criticized by the church too because you do kill god in it um, I feel like you do that in a lot of these games I, I could well, see quite a few series in this, this, in this one where we kill god yeah, this one really kind of turns heads for just how nihilistic it was and how, yeah, it, it's philosophy. It's 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 philosophy first, game second. So whether yeah. you enjoy it or not, I don't know. But certainly in terms of being an intelligent series that's important to the genre, I consider it right up there. I respect that it exists. You okay, watch. Uh, see, this series had so much potential, didn't it? And they yeah, just didn't they, execute. It's kind of fizzled a bit. Yeah. So maybe I think... See. I... I respect the, the the chutzpah it has for wanting to contend with Pokemon, and it really did seem like it was putting up a fight for a bit. Yeah, but, I mean the first yeah. the first two were like this series has potential, like it could go places. They've got the characters, they've got the you know Jibanyan the cat is could be a, a Pikachu like character down the track. It just mm. had all the potential, and then just level five happened to it. And then Kamisa, yeah. which was like in the in the in the game as well, which was yeah. so good. It just had so much potential, and they just couldn't convert into. I'd a... say it's more of a B series than a C series. Like it's what, definitely better than like what came out is definitely better than Paper Mario and Mario Luigi and that's okay. Like, yeah. All right, move it up to B. Yeah. We'll yeah. promote it for Trent. <laughs> I'm just thinking, like in ten years, will people go back and play Yokai Watch games? No, all day. Yeah. No. I guess no one play, I, they won't come back and play a lot of the games in the B and C tiers. I, I feel, I feel no, like it's got right. a niche in terms of people loving it because it was that weird, almost Pokemon-like thing. And then, like, it seems like Level 5 is starting to try and get it back into people's minds again. But 
I, I feel like the damage is probably already done. It's not really going to be a successful yeah. series in the West yeah. anymore. It was fun while it lasted, I guess. Yeah. Oh, here Peace. we go. This, yeah, this is going to be controversial. Um, I hate the series, mostly. I, I thought this was like Tales. You kind of come around on it based on the last couple of episodes. The last one I enjoyed, but that is the last one. I mean, the one before that, which was on the island, eight. The only reason I liked that was yeah. because it had a cute girl and swimsuit. But yeah, Falcom started to, to catch on to this. They never no, used to have the fan service characters, and now they're <laughs> like, "Well, Matt's going to review this." Yeah, yeah, that's right. They'll do it for me. Uh, no, nine, nine, I did enjoy. Um, so maybe down the track, I'll think highly of more highly of the series. But before eight, it's just it's not for me at all. But I know other people like it. So you put it where you think it belongs, Harvard. I've been putting it still. Okay, I think fine. East is the best of the action RPG designs out of all the ways of approaching action. East is fast paced. It's actually like it gives you kin kinetic movement, which is really good. And when you have a game like that, you need the narrative to be simple. You can't have the player sit down and listen to a philosophical argument and then go out and rush through a level. So, sure. Yeah. That's fine. I'll take you. It's... You can put it where you think. If you like action games, East, best of you. Ark the Lad. Ah, uh, D tier. Okay. I mean, there's not much else to say about it. It's not bad. I don't mind it. I don't have an issue with it, but I don't think it's a, in, in any way a game that should be re revived. I'm, there's just nothing to do really? with it. Really? So, yeah. Just don't bring it back. Just don't bring it back. It, it was fine for what it was, but it's not going to be a JRPG worth talking about. Okay. Shin Megami Tensei? S plus. S plus, yes. Too, just way, so way influential. I mean, the whole reason Persona exists is because of Shin Megami Tensei. Yeah, and well, the, the reason Pokemon exists is because of Shin Megami Tensei. Yeah, I mean, it was just such an influential series. And um, I know people bounced a little bit on the most recent one, but I mean, Shin Megami Tensei 3 is probably my favorite um, hardcore, dark kind of RPG uh, of all. So yeah. It, yeah, I remember the story where like, you're, that's the first game where your name's in the box, right? Yes, yeah, it's my first game where my review actually got on the box too. So I'm a little bit proud of that. But yeah, it's it's just that good. It's just brilliant. Yeah, yeah. Golden Sun. ID. It has it had a good introduction on the original game. I mean, yes, the the, the second game is hot trash, and the third game is acceptable. But you the just... first game, the first game has that great opening scene where it's dark, it's storming. It's you just love least... hometowns being destroyed, Trent. <laughs> <laughs> it's at least a B tier. I would give it a B tier too. We can I put think a B -tier, it's. But I'll tell you, it's I'll a great first JRPG. It's very. A good introduction. It's got good puzzles, good combat. Like it's yeah, see, it's a bravely behold kind of game. It's like everything is fine. That's the thing I hated about it was because it had all those puzzles. The dungeons were these long extended puzzles while you were having random encounters. I hate that. I absolutely hate that. It stressed me the living fuck out of me because <laughs> I was like, am I going to be able to get through the dungeon before I ran out of health and stuff? That just pissed me off that series. But anyway, now that you've said that, you're right, Cetia. <laughs> I just oh, you yeah, did now put it on B for Trent's sake, but um, okay, I, I just okay. no, I did not gel with that series at all. Disgaea, Dis um, Disgaea, maybe A. Yeah, I've never played it actually. I, I, it's a bit intimidating for me because how high the levels go, how the numbers go. Yeah, it's, it's definitely a sink. Lots of hours into this game, kind of. Yeah, and it, it, you do have to have a specific sense of humor, I guess, to really kind of click with it. And it is definitely not accessible, but um, it's just a very clever series in terms of the, the mechanics they're all very well designed 
And the game does a, a good job of being quite meta, I guess, in the sense of a lot of it's a kind of reflection on video games as a thing. So I think it's smarter than a lot of people give it credit for, and it does play well. So as a series, it's mm. it's up there. Now, Fantasy Star, this one, this one's pretty difficult to me. I would because... put it S. Really? That's yeah. higher than I would have put it. I think it's... I... That's too influential to be less than S. I think it's a very yeah. influential series, yeah. Because it's, like it's like the first sci-fi series, right? It, it was the first sci-fi, sci-fi series. And you know, you look at Fantasy Star, the, the MMO one that's still very popular today, the series has kind of kept going and has continued to to build on it as a property. So, um, and I, I'm not a big fan of any of the individual games, really. I like the first one a lot, but... Um, I, I think it's just too influential not to have an a, as an S tier. Yeah, that's it's call. one of those iconic and ones. We didn't get to talk about difficulty, dude. But Fantasy Star, the early ones, and the Shimmer Dying Tensei, the early ones, are the hardest games on this list by far. They are very hard. Really, really challenging. Very. Hard. Uh, next one, Dark Clouds. Um, maybe A tier. Yeah, it's a level five game. Pretty good gameplay. Yeah, Big I mean world. they they work, don't they? And um. I, I like the one with the the ships more. Dark Chronicles was it? Dark Chronicle, yeah. Yeah, I, I I like the one that was kind of a broader in scope. But yeah, they're, they're decent games. The roguelike quality in them works nicely, and yeah, they're, they're good. They're just yeah, very good production values. It's kind of where JRPGs were going in the PS2 era before they died as a genre. Yeah. And, and finally, one, Secret, Secret of Mana. Of Mana. Um, maybe A tier. Yeah, kind of divisive this one. Secret I mean, of Mana. Secret of Mana itself is right up there with the greats of the genre. But people love it and hate it. I've seen. I've seen. Out, outside of that one, <clears throat> it hasn't really done played, a, done a whole lot. Have you played Trials? Yeah. Yeah. What did you think of Trials? It's very good. It's very good, but it doesn't mm. really have that iconic status, does it? It's not. It's not. It didn't come out in the West, but everyone who I've talked yeah, to has played they... Trials has been like, "This is the best SNES game that's ever been made." But when they when remade it, it didn't really create a splash or re-released it. You yeah. know, in the Mana Collection, it just didn't create a splash, which tells me the series doesn't have that kind of um, uh, historical quality to it that some of the. Yeah, I also think the, the Mana brand has really been mismanaged because yeah. Final Fantasy Adventure was the first game, Secret of Mana was the next game, and then the only ones that came out after were like quite bad. Entries. Yeah. Yeah. So like I mean, it, you know, Mana, like not very good games. I think I think putting it in, alongside the likes of Star Ocean is about right for where it belongs in Square Enix's. You know. Yeah, it has some great games, but it's not a yeah. consistent series. It's yeah. another game that's been screwed by Square Enix because it's not it's not Final Fantasy. Yeah. So I mean, the only other one that and it's not on this list because there are only two games in the series, but I do think we should mention quickly is the Near series of two mm-hmm. <laughs> they'd be s plus tier for sure s as plus well tier. As yeah. like the 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 smartest games that we have in the genre they're just brilliant so i mean yeah if you, yeah and if you can it goes like of, a level above xenosaga where xenosaga is like intelligence but not I mean, backed by gameplay i'm actually a little, is... i'm a little bit surprised that near isn't on there because you can kind of roll it into drake dragon guard as well dragon guard so yeah dragon guard plus near becomes a five game series and it is by far the smartest jrpgs that mm. have ever been made so we do include that here we don't have the little pictures to draw put onto the tier maker but uh yeah it, it's, it's an plus as well. plus. Yeah. so anyway that is uh that is our tier ranking let's see what people think of it i'm sure there will be words spoken 
Um, do let us know in the comments where you would put some of these things. Uh, we we do genuinely, I mean, we've been laughing about it, but we do genu genuinely want to hear your thoughts as well. And um, yeah, thank you very much, everybody, for tuning in. Thank you for sharing your thoughts, Trent and Harvard. This was a lot of fun. I think it's, um, yeah, it, it was good time. Good content. Good content. <laughs> and subscribe. <laughs>